0: Knowledge is power, now more than ever. CrowdSec, the collaborative and open source cybersecurity solution. Analyze behaviors, respond to attacks, and share signals across the community for free. Let's make the internet safer together. Learn more at crowdsec.net. EdgeScan offers continuous vulnerability intelligence as a service. Accurately identifying vulnerabilities and exposures across the full stack. All threats are verified by cybersecurity experts, providing exploitable risk and remediation guidance, virtually false positive free. Learn more at edgescan.com. Look at
1: that, we're live from the show floor.
2: (laughs) Woo, it is is incredibly loud and I hope you can hear me perfectly (laughs) fine.
1: Yes, you're coming in loud and clear, Chloe.
2: Excellent.
1: So Marco's off hacking his teeth, Uh, so I'm flying solo and I'm thrilled to have you on. Uh, It seems like you've been uh, collecting things. (laughs) I
2: have, um, you know, because, you know, Black Hat's great and everything, but it is very corporate. Um, But this is one you start kind of, okay, so I'll rewind here. So the cool thing, like I said yesterday, was that on the badge itself, it gives you a little DEF CON logo right here to let people know if you're attending DEF CON because you could get a DEF CON ticket. So now I'm able to see people when they come up or start talking to me that they're going to attend DEFCON. But today is the day we pick up our DEFCON badge. I have a lot of badges on. Um, so this is the DEFCON badge. I have Fair not put that. the battery in. I haven't connected it. But it looks amazing.
1: Right? Um, I mean, keyboard, music. Can't get any more cool than yeah.
2: that. No, it's nice. really cool. Um so I picked this one up today, along with the uh, DEF CON package of all the agenda, and mm-hmm. then I also saw Minty Net today.
1: Ooh!
2: R- he with the Car Hacking Village, and he got me this little thing. Ah! And it's like nice. you can have different flashes.
1: <laughs> uh, so much more advanced yeah. than the one I got from him a few years ago. Look at that.
2: I know. And he's got the tiger on it. Uh, he's carrying a giant tiger. I, do, you know, I, do you know how to pronounce
1: the tiger's name? Is it Big Rineo? I don't know. I
2: don't. I think, uh, you know, I should have pulled him to be on here today. I, I saw know. him this morning. I should have been like, hey, you should come back here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we did a podcast with him. Telling well, maybe you how tomorrow. To cars and... I mean, it is very possible. I'm yeah, going whatever. to be at DEF CON. I'm so excited for that. Um, oh, right now there is the global cyber games happening. So I got to go and check that out this morning, and that was fun.
1: And that's with uh, the U.S. Is that that's is that U.S. cyber games or not the U.S.? It's global cyber games. But it's uh, the, global the Cats, cyber games. Cat's Eye is putting that on. Is that right? Yes. At The HyperX.
2: Exactly. Yes, So that was cool, I I got to see the setup. It it looks amazing in there. Um, So I had someone come to Las Vegas to kind of see a little bit about the hacker scene. And that's where I took them first today. And so when they came there, they were just like, what is this, this is amazing. (laughs) And I'm like, it hasn't even begun yet. Like, (laughs) so they're experiencing uh, the hacker world a little bit today. Did you leave them there? I did not leave them there, but I know I'll be going back with them there. But
1: Nice. We lost your video. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Now it's back.
2: Yeah, there we go. Um, but, yeah, so that's kind of the stuff that I have on here.
1: Lots it's of just the beginning.
2: I've seen, it's just the beginning. The clinking sounds are fantastic. You know, whenever you're walking, you can hear. And that's when you know. Who here is going to DEF CON? Who is not? And it's by the, <laughs> the link of badges. Oh, yeah. And then I got this thing. This is at the Microsoft Security Response uh, event from yesterday. It was really cool. It was in a room where I was simulating a, a takeoff, like a rocket takeoff and also like stars. It was really futuristic and really nice experience.
1: And where, where was that? Was that there at Black Hat? Or is that offside?
2: It it, it's offside from Black Hat. They had shuttles right. that took you there. I can't remember what that place is called, but it, um, it was right next to, I think, Area 51, which is where the Rapid 7 party was.
1: Oh, yeah. Nice one. Yeah. So what's the... um? We, we had some folks on this morning. They, they chose to go outside of the hall uh, to... I mean, the, the noise doesn't bother us here. Um, but pre- presumably, it makes it difficult to... Pay attention on your end. <laughs> so they went outside of the hall, but what's what's the vibe like? Sounds like it's still pretty, pretty good pump, it, pump and uh, vibe there still.
2: Yeah, I would say that maybe there's like half the amount of people here right now. Granted, it's towards the end of the business hall. I think business hall is like ending around four or four thirty, maybe five. Um, so that's what's happening there on that front, but it. At least I'm getting some signal. Like, yesterday was terrible. No matter where I was going, it had, like, no signal. And oh, everyone else was. So when you're trying to meet with people, it becomes a real problem because you won't be able to see them. So I've yet to see a lot of people because I didn't have signal, and they didn't have signal either.
1: And signal the app you're talking? No, or I the mean just signal.
2: really cell signal. <laughs> nice. Like, I'm not going to connect – It's, like, weird. It's, like, everyone's, like, oh, well, I guess I'll just
1: connect to the Wi-Fi." I'm, like, no, don't do that. But, yeah. Nice. Nice. So, um, yeah, obviously we got... It was great to have Jake on yesterday, Jake Williams, and we got some good insight from him yesterday. What... um, Anything new from... Or different from what we talked about yesterday?
2: Yeah. um, I would say that... It's a it's an interesting feel, I would say. So yesterday when I went out to the events, I would say that, you know, people are in a weird funk right now, right? Because you have like a, a lot of things are happening in the world. And so a lot of them are like, I don't know if what does the future look like here. And so having those really serious conversations last night was it was interesting it wasn't like light chat anymore it's like people just wanted to be real with each other check in how are you doing and, and I think that was that was different I didn't really see that too much or hear that before then I would say in person
1: so kind of the the the, uh, the shield is not the right way to put it but just kind of the the barriers were breaking down and people were being themselves yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, it seems like people just want to be themselves, be accepted for who they are. And, you no, know, it just seemed like the masks came off. And by not like physical masks, I mean right. like, you know, the mask came off yesterday for many folks.
1: And is it, is it the same folks? I'm wondering, is, because um, obviously we're transitioning now from... I don't know how much corporate you can call it, but the the black hat yeah. experience over to uh, the DefCon experience, and which each each person attending has a different uh, view on privacy, right? The black hats yeah. a little less uh, private, right? But I'm wondering, did 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 was there any difference in the in the attendee for that feeling? Like I were would black say, hat people yeah. more open versus? Connor
2: I don't it's kind of a weird thing because it's I would say that it's a little bit different because when you're around like the hacker community it kind of has like this understanding where we're all kind of in the same place
1: seems we've lost Chloe's feed uh, she's talking about that signal there we Uh-oh. go
2: I would yep, say that you're back one, Oh yes. When uh, we well, when you're in more of like corporate events, it seems like people want to talk about it, but they don't know how to talk about it. So it would be like one of these conversations, like, "So how are you doing? Like how's the kids? And like how w- I heard you had COVID. Are you guys okay? And it's like those kind of conversations versus like when I was at the more hacker oriented event. Um, when you're having a conversation with someone who's like a DEF CON person, they're a little bit more open. They're like instead of like, hey, how's the kids? It's like, are you okay? Are you alright? How are you hand- you know, how are you hanging in there? And it seemed like it was a very different approach of trying to have a communication with one another, to try to be there for one another. And I think Black Hat's kind of been a you know, you have attendees, we're seeing a I'm seeing a lot more hackers this year at sure. Black Hat. Um, But it's it's very different, I would say. It's a different environment because people are just, they want to be real with one another. They want to talk about the serious things. They don't want to just, they want to see action. If anything, I could just tell you, the one thing I noticed was that every single person who was talking about the issues in our industry, the hacker community is tired. They're exhausted because no one's taking actions on the corporate side. The corporate side keeps selling these ideas. And these these wishful promises, but not delivering on it, and not being part of the community still to help them out. And so the hacker community is getting burned out. They're getting overwhelmed. They're being they're getting resentful because they're not being heard, and they don't yeah. feel like they're accepted yet. So right. it's one of those things to see that because you know you have people going to Black Hat that are you know more executives usually that are seeing and controlling security teams. Um, and you do get practitioners too, but it's really interesting to see how people are when you go to DEF CON and the differences of how people are feeling. I think it's just, people are just tired. They're just, they're done with it, everything. They just want change. Yeah. And that was something I'm really happy that we can talk about, you know, in this industry, where is just, everyone's just at this point where we're at this fork in the road where we're like, okay, we can't keep doing the same stuff. It's not working. We need to go a different route. And we need people to be held accountable for those things.
1: Yeah. And uh, it's interesting. We Obviously, we've had a number of conversations on the topic of burnout. And until you just said it a moment ago, I don't think that word has crossed any of our uh, conversations yet.
2: Yeah. And...
1: Yeah, and I, I was just going to say quickly that uh, we were on with uh, Ali Mellon, uh, Haxerbella uh, uh-huh. from Forrester, and she talked about the analyst experience, which is a combination of uh, the tools not working well for the analysts, but then also just the overall experience of their role in, in the security program. And, and in there I felt we didn't use the word burn up. And in there, I felt
2: yeah, the concept of burnout. Yeah, I mean, and
1: so it's, I don't know what, yeah. what do you what do you hear?
2: I'm gonna be honest. I mean, I just remember talking to Ryan Louie back in 2018, I think it was, and I remember he was like the first one that I knew that was talking about, you know, security team and mental health, and I just remember hearing that. I'm like, why aren't anyone else talking about this? This is serious. Because think about it, we are asking people to dedicate basically their life. You cannot have a work-life balance when you are an analyst, for example. Um, It's impossible. You're also in this industry, it's all hours. There's no way you can ever have that balance. So we have to start thinking of ways of how do we incorporate better feedback loops, right? So talking with your team, asking them what do they need, but being a good leader where you're willing to work on you and your accountability too on this. It's of it's like one of those things that a lot of people have been complaining is micromanagement. That they feel like they're over micromanaged and also like they're feeling like they're last night someone used this term. I wouldn't use this term but I will use it. Like a chicken with his head cut off just running around. Um it's it's one of those things where I think that I really wish that people listened before the pandemic. And now we're in a situation where this is it for many people. A lot of people are right now are like, you know what? I don't know if I wanna be in this industry anymore. And I've talked to a good number of folks that are now like leaving full-time security roles and, and becoming a full-time bug bounty hunter or themselves just being a consultant because they can't deal with it anymore. And it is about tools, right, in a sense. If you are making tools where people are not being heard your users and you're not incorporating that into your product, then your product is just, it's not going to always be future forward. It's always going to be behind the times. And so it's, it is is—it is a really interesting thing to see these type of, you know, situations unfolding. And I just remember Ryan and I talking about this, be like, wow, you know, if this doesn't get fixed, we're going to lose a lot more people in this industry. Not just that, but like no one should sign up for a job where now they have to take anti-anxiety medication or depression medication because their burnout got so bad that they couldn't get treatment earlier or get time off. So it's it's those yeah. kind of things.
1: Yeah, and then we were on uh, earlier with uh, Richard Steen and, and we briefly touched on the potential for a recession and Richard shed some light on it to us uh, or for us because he, he was saying that that yes there might be a recession yes there might be cuts in staffing he said it might be that security doesn't get cut directly but that IT might. And some of the security things that IT have taken on might then shift to security, so they, that team might then get overwhelmed. They may not lose people necessarily, but they even more load on them. And I'm just wondering, kind of tying it to the, the, what she called the analyst experience, Allie, um, tying it to the employee experience, which is a broader topic of being satisfied, right, in, in the work that you do and, and the company you're doing it for. Um, do you you get a sense of just beyond this is burnout and I'm, I'm done. Do you get a sense of uh, the general employee experience being a topic?
2: Yeah. Um, so when I give the talk at RSA conference this year, I touched on, uh, PTSD. A lot of times when people were talking to me about like that, they have burnout symptoms or anything like that um i had a checklist and the checklist was uh ptsd symptoms and, and to note for folks that aren't aware of this ptsd and um, burnout do mimic each other you could have both or you can have either one but they are very similar to symptoms and so when i'm going through these conversations to collect research and they're sharing their personal experiences it was maybe like do you, do you have a therapist at this time and they're like they're like, I'm actually looking for one right now and I can't find one. I've been on the waiting list for like months. And I was like, yeah, that you know you should talk to your employer, see if they can help in any sort of way, provide any resources to you or your team, because these these symptoms are something of some flags here. Um were like So you have like, for example, there's people that literally they have insomnia because they're worried about their job. They're worried that they're not gonna be able to fulfill their job. They're worried when their friend is not their friend, but their colleague, it is their friend sometimes. Um, Their colleague is like going out on vacation or has COVID. They need to take care of that spot of that person. So suddenly all the weight of the world could come on your shoulder, especially if you're dealing with a breach situation. And for those that experience the first breach, it can be very traumatic for them, actually, um, where they feel like they they were the responsible one that didn't fix it in time, or that they were frustrated because they showed all these signs saying that we need to do this, but no one was listening to them, and so this causes them to feel like they don't they're not welcome there, or there'll be moments where they'll have triggering events as well. Anytime like there's anything that may be anything close to, you know, warning or a flag, you may have a potential risk right now. So it's really interesting to see what's going on. And I like how we're now talking about burnouts significantly in the past two years or so because of the pandemic. But I think what we really need to be talking about is that we're also causing people to develop PTSD too. There's a reason why people are leaving this industry. And it's not just you know, being overworked. And a lot of times people believe it's because they're overwhelmed and overworked, but reality—it's research has shown over and over again, it really comes to two things. If you have horrible, terrible leadership, you're gonna have a hard time. But the other thing is when the, you feel like the organization doesn't care about you. So if the organization isn't investing in you and your future, then you don't feel like, why are you here? Why should you be there? Instead, you're kind of treated and seen as just a, a, a body, in a sense. And so that's the thing I think we need to have more conversations about is how do you invest in your team? How do you invest in your employees so they don't leave, so they feel like they're coming in thriving every day? But if we're not seeing our people and complaining about how they're not doing well and like laying off people... Without looking what's going on internally, I think that's a problem right there that a lot of people have been sharing, especially because of the recession.
1: Right. Can I can I give you some space, Chloe? To I know you're involved in a gazillion things. Sure. Um, are there any resources that you can point to groups, nonprofits, uh, whatever? Maybe because I don't yeah. want to just leave it with. Oh, Boy, yeah, this is no. really heavy, you know this what I mean? This is really
2: heavy. Um, <laughs> you know, if if people want to talk, like my DMs are always open. I'm not a therapist. Um, another good person to reach out to is Ryan Louie on uh, Twitter. He's someone who is always a good listener and can, you know, really help spear those conversations. Um, if you're running a security team right now and you're trying to figure out what's going on on your team, how do you do better on it, you know, more than happy to always get on a call and, and, and learn and hear and, and give any suggestions I can. But the first thing is really just asking your team, how can I do better?
1: Yeah, I love that. And uh, I'm going to gonna put uh, Ryan's, Ryan's handle there on Twitter. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, I mean... Super cool guy. We met him a few years back, and uh, I mean, I, I can't. I mean, he's just a really good guy, and oh, he, yeah. appreciate everything he does. In this it space is as so well. much. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's it's been interesting about the investment thing. The other conversations I've had, believe it or not, this was at RSA. So at RSA conference, I was talking to people about cyber. They're wondering what cyber does, and I shared with them. They're like, "Oh, I'm not going to do that." And I'm like, "What do you mean?" Well, every time I train people, they want to leave. So they always leave to another company. And I'm like, I don't think that's really a training situation usually. That's a sign that you have uh, not the greatest management situation. So, but it's Which
1: may be it's evident in that myth. decision, right? <laughs>
2: yeah, it's just like this this like myth that people have about like, well, I don't want to train my people because they'll go somewhere else. And I'm just like looking at them like, nope. I don't know anyone who's ever done that. anything, any time a company invests in someone and their, you know, their training, they want to stay because they see, oh, you believe in me. You see a future for my career here and maybe elsewhere, but you believe in me, and you care about security, honestly. Right.
1: <laughs> yep. And uh, possibly and hopefully, they give space for that. They're not adding the training, right? So maybe if done in the right way and at the right time, it could give that person a break oh, from yeah. from the overload and the monotony of, of the, of the right? normal day-to-day Yeah, part, yeah.
2: I mean, we, we have so many people that want to enter our field and they're not getting seen, not even being interviewed. And they're like, because you need to have a certain number of years of work experience. We've all heard this before, but it's just, it's one of those things like, one of the things that I absolutely love about where I work is that we see cases of people that literally come in and they have just you know they have some experience but then they go through ours and they you know the employee is very the employer is very happy because this person was able to upskill learn and they're eager to work and so I think that's what we just kind of need to do in this industry is just invest in our people invest in their well-being and making sure that we're doing good jobs, leading in a way where, you know, we will own accountability and make sure that we're creating as much of a balance that we can provide while you work in this industry.
1: Yep. Well said, Chloe. Well said. I don't know if uh, you wanted to grab somebody and say hi, or what. what's the vibe Yeah, like there?
2: I could do yeah? that. One second. That?
1: All right. I'll let you do that. We'll see who's on the floor who wants to say hello from uh, Black Hat. So Chloe's gonna grab somebody, hopefully. I think she was saying earlier that maybe somebody who's new to the scene there, kind of get their their perspective. Let's see see who shows up. What am I
3: doing?
1: What are you doing? You're having fun. You're having fun. That's what you're doing. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the fun. <laughs>
3: I should probably take off my mask.
1: Hey, you're all right. Hi. How are you? I'm trying to think if I recognize you.
3: I don't I don't know. I don't think I don't so. Know.
1: I don't think so either. Who, who do we have here?
3: I am Nick Meisner. I'm uh, head of product at Cypher.
1: Nice. Yeah, yeah, we have not met, but it's a pleasure, Nick. Good, yeah. good to have you on. Sure so thanks for uh joining chloe here for this um yeah nothing in particular we just wanted to say hi and see what kind of the, what's going on there what's the vibe i'll just ask you this any any interesting conversations you have that have had that stick out to you anything that uh, made we, you go wow I'm, I'm really glad we we had that chat with somebody.
3: you know i've talked to the, with a lot of folks about our our cbe and threat actor campaigns kind of the more emergent threat content that we're producing now and uh, it's it's really cool to see how strongly it resonates with with everybody here on the floor, um, even folks who know Cyberi, you know, from years past. Uh, everybody's ears perk up when they see it, and so uh, people who don't know us, you know, it's it's uh, it's a pretty fresh approach to training. So, um, you know it I'm excited to see how that that's you know resonating with the market.
1: Nice. And what um, I don't know if you had a chance to kind of cruise around other parts I, of the floor or you've been stuck there the whole time?
3: I've, I've been, I've been working at the booth.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Your feet, and your, your dogs are barking. Is that what they say? A
3: little bit. Have, my dogs are barking for sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. What, um, what about, uh, events and other things? Do you have any, any chats with other folks outside of the hall?
3: Uh, not, not too much. I mean, really I've, I've stuck to the hall. Um, you know, for me in my role, it's a it, it's an awesome opportunity for me to actually get to talk to the people who are using the product or, you know, would, we would like to use the product. Um, so, you know, I, I'm really learning as much as I can uh, here. So that's one of the reasons why I'm sticking close to the booth is it gives me a chance to interface with as many, as many people as possible uh, to understand what their needs are and how we can meet them.
1: So how, maybe share with me quickly how training fits into a a security program where where does it fit Uh,
3: theory or practice
1: practice what are you finding because i mean yeah we we see the marketing stuff and then there then there's reality
3: i I mean unfortunately i think training is is um is given short shrift right i mean you know people don't really allocate the time uh because actually i was just talking with uh with a with a couple customers of ours who stopped by the booth, and we were talking about quantifying the value of training, and it's it's ephemeral. Uh, it's very very difficult to take the, the the variable that valuable lessons that that people get out of spending time in Cyber and tie that to core KPIs of a SOC. Um, you know, that's something that we're interested in in, in narrowing that gap so that we could be a little bit more explicit about what the value is and the return on investment of training. But um, unfortunately, you know. In, it means that training is often a, a, a secondary consideration or a tertiary consideration uh, in, a, in a real environment. Now, what's awesome is, you know, we do have customers that that have, you know, either of their own volition or are in working with Cybrary. have kind of changed that point of view uh, internally and seeing a ton of success uh, on our platform. And so it's exciting to see and encouraging to see that there really is a, a, you know, there's a valid use case for this and that it is meaningful. Um, So now really for me, it's more about, okay, well, what can I do to translate that to people who, um, that aren't there yet? And how do we make sure that everybody can see the the power of training and upskilling in our market?
1: Nice. And uh, maybe one more question, and and it might be two parts to the same one, but sure. what, and the reason I'm thinking about is a who who has the money? So who who's coming by? Is it is yeah. it the practitioner that wants to be trained? Is it the the uh, program leader that has a team that, that they want to train? Is it the CSO? Is it and then who, where where's the budget coming from to actually make make it happen?
3: Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. You know, um, I would say right now a, a small majority. You know, sixty percent of the people that are coming by are practitioners um, with. You know, another call it 25% or so are team managers, team leads. Um, and then and then that final, uh, boy, if my math is right, 15% um, are actual, you know, what you would call decision makers or, or people who, who hold the purse strings. Um, it, when, when we're talking to practitioners or even those team managers, I, I had one guy, uh, we, we have cyber stickers. Um, we walked him through the value prop. We walked him through what we had to offer he put the sticker on his forehead he said i'm going to go talk to my boss i you know i so unfortunately you know we're not talking to as many as many decision makers as you know i'd like to i'd love to hear more from them because that really is where um, articulating the value is critical is is at that level um, but it seems like we're turning a lot the heads with practitioners and managers to, to go and prompting them prompting them to go to speak to the the right people to to you know to actually make the purchase
1: yeah yeah, and we were, I was just chatting with Chloe about uh, the, the whole notion of employee experience and and there's a lot that goes into that. Um, a big yeah. part of it is feeling, uh, I'll say cherished is the right word, but, but feeling valued, right? And, and yeah. feeling an investment right. being made in them and having some flexibility for, for uh, meeting the, the employee's needs. And that's gonna look different to every employee, right? Some want the money, some want the that's locations, right. some want the training, some want the, uh, the, the flexibility of hours, but at some point, it, it's that full experience that will, and that's why I was asking the budget, because to me, that that experience is driven, at least from my perspective, by HR, right? Not by a single right. manager in the company, but it's that's the right. culture of the company, which I believe yep. HR kind of has the, the reins there.
3: Well, it's true. That's true, and I think one of the things that's critical is it's you know we we talk to a lot of folks where um, they even if the budget is available, um, there's not a lot of thought behind it. We're gonna we're gonna buy cyber and make it available to them. And I think to your point about that notion of appreciation, the value uh, that we're trying to you know inculcate with with folks who are on the front lines, uh, it has to be more than just here's a tool you can use it if you want to. Um, I think investing in the thoughtfulness about okay, here's a way to use it. Let me help you get the most out of this for you, and for the company. So, um, you know, and that's where we see people win. Uh, you know, the the programs that we work with, where they have they have a philosophy and a point of view on training. Um, they, they're the ones that get the most out of CyberArea and I think really their teams are are for it. Yep.
1: And, and and Clay was also mentioning that. That uh, people some people are afraid to train and then the person leaves and uh, all right. I can think of is well they're, yes they might go to a competitor even if they do, what's the big deal? But chances are they're that's going right. to to somebody that's within your ecosystem or a third party vendor or or don't we want to just raise the, the bar for the industry anyway so we're kind of 100%. all better yep. <laughs> so yep. it, it's no, strange sometimes it, the, the, th- the way people think. But.
3: No, I couldn't agree more. Uh, it's a it's a really short sighted point of view. I, I I know, uh, you know, the talents at a at a premium, and so I can understand the concern. But, um, but to choose not to invest in people is uh, it it just ultimately I don't think it pays off for either the the employee or the or for the company. Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, Nick, it was a pleasure to meet you and uh, a joy to chat with you. Um, yeah, I feel senior, like I know you so now. Much <laughs> So, yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> right we get a chance to to chat again. And thanks to Chloe, I, I see her making her entrance back into, into yeah, let frame. Me, let
3: me turn you over to Chloe. All right, thanks.
1: All right, keep keep well, man.
2: Ah, so you met Nick?
1: Yes, and I meant to put his his name up on the screen. I totally failed as a as a producer. But uh, anyway, we'll we'll It's okay. We'll he Chloe with, for a day. That's right. He was Chloe for a few minutes. There anyway. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we'll put his info in, in the show notes for sure so so people can connect with him. Well, Chloe, it, it's always fun and, uh, and informational talking with you, speaking with you, and uh, exploring life with you through, uh, through cybersecurity. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad, glad you're there and enjoying that. And, and hopefully the transition oh. to uh, the, the other half of summer camp uh, is, is yeah. fun for you.
2: Oh I absolutely love it. It's interesting because I remember when interviewing with them, I wanted to know what their goals were and their goals was to make sure that we make a dent in this industry by that mean like we convince people to invest in their people and that we start reducing the gatekeeping in this industry making sure that everyone is accountable and wanting to help as much as possible and that's the one thing I love is basically my role is to provide feedback loops, hearing from the community, hearing from the practitioners, hearing from the you know executives, and making sure that what we're doing is is creating a difference, even if it's a little, little ripple effect, right? At the end yep. of the day, I think that's the most important thing we can do.
1: Yep. Well, I like holding people, or each other, not people, I like the fact or the idea of holding each other accountable. As long as we know what that is, that we're holding each other accountable to. Right so, right. so you got to, you got to be super clear about that. And then, uh, and then hopefully everything oh, yeah. else will follow. All right, Chloe. Exactly. I we'll listen you, to have. Yeah. Oh, go ahead.
2: Definitely. Oh no, it's just like, absolutely. Definitely. It was lovely to be here again. Yep. On again. To,
1: day two yes it's one one big long day for you i'm sure and uh hopefully uh a three-peat tomorrow from defcon
2: Yep,
0: looking
1: forward to it we'll have a good night,
0: a good
1: night talk you to too. you soon all right thanks everybody for See listening you tomorrow. all right bye, bye.
0: Pentera.